Welcome back, everybody. This is the sixth episode of the Gray Area Podcast. Last uh, last episode, we talked about the production phase of our movie, Fragile Fish, which can be seen at FragileFish.com. We're also working on a new website uh, for the podcast and a bunch of other stuff. Um, really cool stuff, our video production, movie production, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're going to be talking about sports. We're going to be talking about uh, UFC 214. The uh, John Jones, Daniel Cormier fight, this young man sitting next to me is going to kind of give a little bit of a uh, insight on that. If you haven't seen it, pause this, go watch it. It was an awesome fight. I caught the highlights. Uh, Tanner here caught the actual fight. Uh, we're also going to be doing a pretty silly segment later on. Pretty silly segment. It's um, a good name. Yeah, pretty, 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 pretty silly. Um, so yeah, let's talk about this fight, man. Uh, I saw the highlights of it. What was the fight like watching it? I, I was really excited because John Jones has been out for a year. Is that what his suspension was? Yeah, but I think he was out for like 15 months or something. It was a pretty long layoff. <clears throat> yeah, so essentially with two, UFC 214, um, it was actually, I think, supposedly like the biggest card uh, in recent history for the UFC. They've Isn't been kind of struggling say, for a little bit. Well, yeah, but no, for real, like in general, they had been struggling. So... Um, outside of Conor McGregor, basically. So UFC 214 was headlined by John Jones and Daniel Cormier. And there was also two other uh, title fights, which would have been Chris Cyborg and uh, Tanya Evinger, I think her name was, and then the terribly boring Tyron Woodley and Damian Maia fight. So essentially, the big one, of course, would be the John Jones DC fight. I think it was a really good fight. I saw, I was hoping, to be honest, I was kind of hoping it would go to decision. Um, no. Those are boring. The, only if it's terrible fighters like Ty, like I guess Tyron Woodley is a fantastic fighter, but the matchup stylistically was just super super boring. Um, but the John Jones Daniel Cormier fight was pretty awesome. The first round I think was pretty clear to John Jones. Daniel Cormier tagged him I think twice from what I noticed. Of course I'm not an expert. And then Daniel Cormier I think uh, was even more clearly a, a winner of round two in my opinion. Um, and then round three, I think it was pretty even. And then John Jones caught him with a head kick and then finished the fight shortly after. Honestly, it was just the whole situation was so weird because as I was watching it, I was watching the, the live pay-per-view somewhere. And um, it was interesting because after Daniel Cormier got finished pretty brutally, like it was actually kind of tough to watch because I think, to be honest, I think he got punched like six times extra from when he needed to. Um, big John McCarthy's a good ref, but I just think he let it go too long, which he's now posted on Twitter that he agrees with that sentiment. But um, I just thought it was it was kind of scary because Daniel Cormier clearly was concussed after getting brutally knocked out. Then he tries to get up, people helping him, and he just shakes people off, but he's super unsteady. Um, and then they won't let him out of the octagon to like receive medical attention. They like force him to stay in there. And then Joe Rogan eventually interviews him, which Joe Rogan also has since apologized. But it was just a weird situation um, because it was like built up title fight. The fight was going awesomely. Plus, he, there was a lot of hype around it right, because John right. Jones and Daniel Cormier went on. Who interviewed them? Was it ESPN? Somebody? And basically, they were just going at it. They, yeah. They've been going at it for a long it, time. It's a rivalry. So. Anyways, it was their second fight. If you that, don't know, it was, their, it was yeah. their second fight. John Jones said a lot of shit. You know, he was on cocaine and other shit. Yeah. Um, last time we beat Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier thought he was on uh, steroids, which... Drinking uh, you drinking that one. You're drinking that one. Thanks. Which USADA, who... Um, can you explain what USADA does? Basically, they make sure that no one is uh, on anything they're illegal. Like, they're, I don't know what, they're, what the name is, if we want to look it up, but they're essentially over, like, the drug testing in the UFC... 
Um, they're headed up by, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but um, it's just essentially like a big organization that, that watches over. Um, Anti-doping dr- agency is what yes, they do. Yes, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Um, it just, it's really changed the sport in a lot of ways. There's been a lot of fighters that have kind of um, greatly degraded since USADA's been been in place for the UFC, which in a lot of ways is is great because it cleans up the the fight game, but we have seen a good number of fighters really go down since USADA has come up. Like I think Johnny Hendricks, Jose Aldo, those just to name a few, and those were like champs. Since then, they've been on a pretty pretty lame streak. So, um, so John Jones is back. Yep, John Jones is back. He beats Daniel Cormier, but he's really respectful at in the post fight interview, which I was really grateful for, just because I think DC was a was a good champ and. Um, I mean, he is the greatest, like, outside, essentially, of John Jones, because I just don't think anyone's better than him. So it's like he was great up until, inevitably, he'd have to fight John again, and most people realize that he would probably lose again. But the big thing in this... Well, Daniel Cormier even said, he said, everyone else along the way was just a speed bump. I was always training to fight John Jones again. Right. When he came back from his suspension. Yep. So the And big... to be clear, he didn't get suspended for cocaine. He was suspended for... Um, Failing a drug test, I think it was either beta blockers. He's he he thought he no, had it, it, initially or, it was uh, estrogen blockers, and then it came out one of the, like a basically a fake Cialis. From is what that I understand, dick pills. Basically, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing as Viagra. Cialis and Cialis and Viagra, Viagra are similar. Yeah, he, this one was just like one of the Seven Eleven versions. The the Rhino one. Sure, I don't really know, but I, don't I thought you're an expert kind of on stuff. this. No. <sighs> Okay. Anyways, so, the so big... John Jones basically at the end of the fight um, or post-fight interview, he's with his yeah. brothers. Um, they're kind of joking around. He gives him a kiss, and then basically they ask uh, the reporter or the uh, the interviewers ask, "What's next?" And he replies with calling out Brock Lesnar. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, it's exciting though. Like I think I think part of the whole thing, like the it, it sounds old school, but it's not really like. Everyone's going to fight to become the champion. You you win fights. You get a title fight. You beat the champ. You're the champ, or you defend the, the. If you are the champ, you defend that title. Whereas now everyone's kind of just kind of looking for the money fights, which is fun as a viewer in some ways. Um, but but didn't Brock Lesnar retire with a belt? No, no, he had. Um, See, so it was interesting with Brock Lesnar. Part of the reason I think he's his situation was kind of cool is because a he came, comes in from the WWE and then he eventually wins the heavyweight championship. But uh, to be honest, I thought he was going to get his ass kicked but he, when he first came to yeah, the UFC. He, no, he got he got the the um, what was it like? He defended against Shane Carwin and then Cain Velasquez, Cain Velasquez beat him up and then he retired. I think after that or after the Overeem fight, um, and he was also going had been diagnosed with diverticulitis, which is like actually a serious health concern. So he was fighting probably at like 50%. But because when he came back with for the Mark Hunt fight and just destroyed Mark Hunt, that's when I was really excited because I liked watching Brock Lesnar fight because he was just kind of like an outsider who was like this of gigantic fame, comes in and dominates a different sport altogether. Um, so I think it'd be exciting to see someone like him fight John Jones, even though I think I think the um, skill level is different for sure. I don't know if you guys heard that in the mic, but there was a, he was just playing some little video. But I think it'd be an interesting fight. What do you what do you think coming from a, like a less into UFC type person? Brock Lesnar, man, he's a scary looking fucking dude, man. Yeah, he is. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's only five and three, but if anyone's ever seen Brock Lesnar, unfortunately, we we watched WWE a couple times, so we were familiar with him. A couple. <laughs> 
Um, he's a huge dude. Like he is ungodly big, but he's yeah. also forty years old. Yeah. I, yeah. And John Jones is thirty. We, we, yeah, but he's also more cut up than he's ever been. Dude, but Brock Lesnar is like 270, 280, and then cuts down to the UFC. And 265 is what he fights at, but his walking weight is probably the max, like 280. Meaning, meaning he is cutting down to meet that 265 limit. Um, but, dude, he's freaking a jacked 265. Like, he's basically a 300-pound man with abs. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, that's That nuts. is freaking crazy. I mean, obviously, I think John Jones will be too athletic for him, too young, too agile. Yeah, um, I think I th- the only situation I think it, it, I think it'll be entertaining no matter what because I think both of them are really explosive athletes. The only way I see John not winning is if um, Gustafson. I think Gustafson, Alexander Gustafson, was the only guy to take him down. I think, or maybe DC did too. But basically, he just doesn't get taken down. Um, so I think the well, only he gets taken way taken down. Uh, Brock Lesnar's a world class wrestler. Well, that's he? what I'm saying. If he were to get him down, I think there's a possibility that he would ground and pound and hurt him. Maybe not like finish the fight, but I think it'll be super entertaining. But I think that's the only way I see John losing is if he gets just basically finished on the ground after being taken down by Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar, I mean, at least, I'm sure John... So what's your prediction? Who wins? It's not, it's oh, not going to be a title fight, right? So it's going to be three rounds? Yeah. Unless it's a main event, that'll be five rounds, which it'll be a main event, so it'll be five rounds. But... Um, what's your prediction? Is it going the distance? John. I don't John think it'll go the distance. If I had to place bets on it, I think John Jones will beat him. Um, yeah, I mean, John's just too freaking good, and he'll be 240, presumably still jacked. I so, say, I say John, John Jones in round three. TKO? TKO. Yeah, I think so, too. And that, that'd be my official prediction, but I wouldn't be I sad like at Lesner. all if Brock Lesnar won. I'd like be pretty Brock stoked Lesner. if he won. I mean, if as a fan, I think it'd be fun to see Brock Lesnar, because like it'd be crazy to see John go up and wait and then knock somebody like that out. Um but really, I think it'd be freaking awesome if he got, like, just beat up by Brock Lesnar. Speaking of other old people in UFC, you want to talk about GSP? Was it, was, was oh, it actually confirmed, the fight? I think so. November 4th, MSG. Bisping? Yeah, against Bisping. Honestly, I'm legitimately disappointed. Like, I think... Did you just say MSG? Madison Square Garden. Oh, I thought I thought you were trying to say GSP. And you oh, said GSP MSG like at MSG versus Bisping. Yeah, <laughs> at least that's what I, that's, MSG I just like read the, that. I just read that. or whatever. Um, oh yeah check it out but bovada i think we're looking at who does the uh early like vegas odds people are already saying that john's gonna win easily so that's interesting so i think most people are on he's, board with he's john talking winning. back about the uh Brock john Lesner, versus john Brock Lesner Lesner fight. Fight. okay so back to the gsp versus whoever it who is like, he trying to wait who is he trying to wait and fight michael bisping that's how it's been for a long time but that's 185 pounds he's a much smaller guy I just think it'll be a lamer fight, like because if GSP, I mean, most people that want GSP to come back, they want GSP to come back and win. I just don't see it being like a clear cut victory at all. If you were to fight somebody like Michael Bisping, Bisping, I think is six two, cuts down to one hundred and eighty five pounds, probably just hangs out at two hundred two hundred and five pounds or so. Whereas GSP, I know he used to. I remember he was in a, with a Joe Rogan podcast or something and he was saying the only reason that he looks like muscular and built and like how he gets like heavier is because he lifts weights for like an aesthetic look and joe was like blown away but i see i think he's a smaller guy like i think a connor versus gsp would be more interesting where they would both be basically comfortably sitting at 170 pounds i mean i think gsp would have the advantage there but 
to me, that's a more interesting bout than Michael Bisping versus GSP. I don't know. What do you think? Again, coming at it from a different kind of angle. I think, I mean, we've been watching UFC. I, I'm horrible with names and records and all that shit. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, like, you're, you're not into it. I'm just saying. I just don't remember a lot right, of shit. Right. I've watched a ton of stuff. We watched yeah. it back when. Back uh, in the day. Matt Sarah and. Uh, Matt Hughes. Matt and Hughes and BJ, BJ, Penn. BJ Penn when he was really coming up. Um, you were always a big BJ Penn, Penn fan. I always liked Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes was like my guy, especially with like I like GSP. He he was my yeah. dude back in the okay. day. Okay, okay. So yeah, I liked Matt I, Hughes, which a lot. was which was hard for me because he was an American. I always liked seeing that little <laughs> right, fucking American right. flag. <laughs> um, dude, fun fact: GSP has only lost to Matt Hughes and Matt Sarah. So that's interesting. That was a while ago, dude. I know. You, right? I know. Um, it's crazy. But I saw something. I was worried about. I was worried about his. Uh, his health for a while. He was talking about aliens and shit. I know. I know. And That's... then we, we were watching, uh, we actually, we actually went to the bowling alley. We took our niece to the bowling alley today and they were playing a, uh, Rory McDonald. Uh, Robbie Lawler fight. Yeah. That, that main event fight. Crazy. Um, I think it was the second fight they had. Just, just looking back on the days when we, when we, when Rory McDonald, was he on, was he on the ultimate fighter or how did he come up? I don't remember how we, we, that's a good question. Uh, I remember we saw one of his earlier fights against Carlos Condit, I think. And he ended up losing that one, but he was dominating Carlos Condit, who was, at that time was like one of the best welterweights. But I don't let me let me look that up real quick because I was actually thinking about that. So we were talking about we were talking about GSP. We just said GSP, and it's funny. My sister, who who's watched some UFC but not a ton, um, yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh George St Pierre, I like him. I don't. I don't think he did Ultimate Fighter because no, he had already won a championship with King of the Cage before going to the UFC. And it's funny. Okay, story time here. We actually, oh, yeah, <laughs> we actually heard about MMA um, really through King of the Cage. We never watched. Yep. Any, uh, we we did watch some. We did watch. Yeah, but there was a uh, there was an old fighter. Brian Warren was his name. I yep. think. Yep. And uh, he actually went to a church of ours. Yep. And he fought MMA, and sometimes he would come in with like black eyes and stuff. Yep. Um, and that's I, how we got into MMA. It, it was interesting because at this super conservative, like old school church, he would hand out flyers to a lot of the younger guys who would not take offense to it. <laughs> but I remember like seeing the King of the Cage like flyers with like him in like the co-main event, whatever. And of course, we had no idea what any of that what any of that shit meant back then. But now seeing it, it's funny because like you think some of the best fighters now would probably fight on same cards that he fought at. But this was just so back in the day; it was a totally different level. Yeah, but that's how we got into right. MMA, and then mm-hmm. we we kind of you know Bellator I think might have been on TV, but the main thing that we were watching was UFC. Yep. Um, it's just interesting how how times change. Yep. Super super interesting. It is. Um, yeah, because he was... Oh, my was, God, 2002? That's what I was just going to say. He 2002. was 2002. Yep. What, so I we've think, been watching MMA since 2002. That's 15 years. That's crazy. I mean, that's like the birth of the freaking sport. That's crazy. And now you see guys like John Jones coming from, from people back like in 2002. It's a totally different level. And he's 30, so he's not even that young. I mean, more crazy would be like... Cody Garbrandt or like the super young I like dudes. Cody Garbrandt. I do too. Who's he seems the guy like a really, he really hates? Good guy. He, I don't know. he always beefs with a... Uh, oh, Dominic Cruz? No, 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 no. It's the other guy that's on uh, Ultimate Fighter. What do you mean? The other coach. Cody Garbrandt's the one that tried to get in a fight with Conor McGregor. He was with... No, he, he he's with like Uriah Faber and all those guys. 
This is a dude with the tattoos, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he uh, he always beats with one guy. Oh God! You yeah, Dominic Cruz, the guy who he beat for the championship. No, Dillashaw. T.J. Dillashaw. Does he? No, yeah. I think they're friends, aren't they? No, 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 dude. You should see they they maybe they're like secretly friends and they were just playing it up for uh okay for TV because oh, they were gonna fight. They were gonna fight. Yeah, and they were talking all this crap. Okay. Makes Anyways, sense. Uh, damn, we talked about UFC for quite a while. Yeah. Um, what else is going on in sports? I know there were some some trades that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I like I've always been into uh, baseball, um, just the MLB forever. Let's briefly touch on this because we got yeah. some other funny shit to talk about. Sure. So essentially, um, just to cover some quick news, the Dodgers, who are like the best team in baseball right now, they just got better um, by trading for you, Darvish, who was a uh, the Rangers like ace. Um, so that only makes them better, which is scarier. Um, That's not who we saw when they played, is it? No, he didn't pitch. It was uh, it was uh, the old Phillies pitcher, Hamill, right? Because that guy was a beast. He was crazy. Yeah, he was really good. Oh, he's he's an ace, basically, that got traded to the Rangers. But essentially, you Darvish, who was, um, he's a fantastic pitcher. He's been traded now to the Dodgers. Um, and then the other big one would have been Sonny Gray to the Yankees. Um, which is crazy again because he's their ace, and the Yankees are again one of the big market teams that are doing well this year, and they just got better too. Those are like a couple of big ones. There's a couple other uh, slightly less small trades, like Lucas Lucas Duda uh, from the Mets um, got traded as well. So just to briefly touch on baseball, we were we we're big into film. Obviously, we've talked about our right. short film. Uh, we've talked about movies a lot. We did a couple reviews. We did, um, if you want to go back and listen, we did uh, Dunkirk. We did, yep. um, what What were the other? Spy, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Baby Driver. And Baby Driver, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, we've talked about a bunch of other movies, though, I think. We we also recently both watched The Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch. I think it came out in 2012. It also had uh, Keira Knightley in it. Mm. Um, the guy who directed it also directed Passengers. I didn't know that. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. He did. He did Passengers. That was his latest movie. Um, 2014 came out in 2014. 2014 just right now, but that is crazy. He did the same director. That's an interesting thing because they're pretty different movies. Com- completely different, right? Yeah. Um, but we, we we were watching that Morton that movie. Tildum, it looks like is the director. And uh, we we really had, to be honest, I'm not a big Benedict Cumberbatch fan. Right. And the reason why is, in my opinion, he plays the same stoic kind of smart. Geniusy, like kind of annoying guy. Yeah, yeah. Someone you want to fucking punch in the face. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. Don't get me wrong, but but that's the just his like on screen persona. It's right. like Jason Statham with a badass kind of. You right. Know, it's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. They just play kind of the same character in a bunch of different movies, and they just shuffle things around. Right. Um, but it was interesting. If you guys haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I would say this segment is called Shit That Doesn't Suck on Netflix because 99% of it does. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I spent, oh man, I always spend almost 90, like 99% of my time on Netflix just looking for just looking for something I'd actually want to watch. So this is, this is a segment called uh, Shit That Doesn't Suck on Netflix featuring Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. So, the Imitation Game. The Imitation Game. Should, should we talk about it or should we, should we let some people watch it? Well, we'll just I mean, it's been out since 2014. Yeah. I feel like the statute of limitations is, uh, <laughs> is up on that one. It's got to be. I think just a couple of things we wanted to touch on, um, just because uh, like we just previously talk, talked about Benedict Cumberbatch. Neither of us are particularly fond of the actor, but I think it was an underrated movie. Like, I never even knew it existed till randomly scrolling through Netflix. Kieran Ailey's hot as shit, though. She is. She's very pretty. Um, but 
A couple of questions. Apple reports $8.7 billion for quarter three. That just popped up on my computer. Holy shit. Holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> That's more than 99% of companies. We say 99% a lot. We do. That's more than the majority of companies in the world. I don't know where we get these statistics from. <laughs> yeah, that's an official statistic, by the way. I, that's probably true. It that's is, more, is more money true. than most companies will make in the entirety of their existence. Yeah, absolutely. That they, uh, Apple just made one quarter. Anyways, I just okay. derailed this. Imitation, Imitation game. game. Alan Turing was the character that um, Benedict plays. Based on a true story, by the way. Based on a true story about during World War II. essentially trying to break Enigma, which was the, the like encryption code machine that the German, like the Nazis used to um, send information across the, the areas that they were trying to send information to and from. But essentially... From, for what an explanation, by the way. Right, right. Very, very <laughs> technical. Um, but essentially, most people felt that it was impossible to break the encryption. And so England, um, kind of under Winston Churchill's idea, went out to get like geniuses to attempt to um, break this code, basically. Um, and the movie's interesting. Like it, It's not only focused on like the mathematics part of it. So it's like still dr- like dramatic and interesting and inter- entertaining. But the thing I wanted to touch on was like Alan Turing was a person I've never even known the name of before. I'd known people called things Turing machines, which are now basically computers. Uh, but I didn't know Alan Turing existed as a man. But two things I wanted to touch on was the crazy morality question after they break Enigma a good chunk into the movie. Um, How they basically... Play God, essentially. Is that what you're saying? Essentially. And there's even a line in the movie where he says, uh, I'm not comparing myself to God because God doesn't God, decide who yeah. doesn't live or die. Something Is that what he like said? That. Something, something, like, something that. like that. And then later later on the end, he said, uh, God didn't win the war, we did. Which yeah, I think yeah, yeah. is crazy interesting. Um, but such a crazy morality question. Basically, they chose, in a sense, to not save a number of sh- like civilian ships um, that one were, character's brother was on the ship, I think. Yep, yep. And they were Peter? about to was basically, that his name, Peter? Oh, yeah, they were about to be like ambushed. Um, civilians were by Nazis, and uh, essentially they had to choose not to um, intercept the Germans' attacks because then, therefore, they would know that they broke Enigma, um, which is so. Crazy. Basically, what they said was, we have to win the war using the least amount of moves that saved the most right. amount of people. I so love that. so they weren't trying that. to right it was like a chess game but but the bad thing about that is there were some things that they knew about that they were just going to let happen yeah so it's like so crazy so it's like they and this they, really happened which yeah makes when it I was so watching that crazier. I was like holy shit I yeah. wonder if there was people later on like fifty years later that were like fuck those dudes right that's exactly what my thought was like if you knew that they had the decision to save somebody in your family or friend. That would be mind-blowing, finding out later on. You know what I mean? That's a huge morality question. It, it is. It is. I mean, I wonder how much I wonder how much of that happens. Right. I mean, you mean today, like, within government and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like... Uh, I thought, yeah. Afghanistan and Iraq and all right. those places. Like, I wonder if they knew that some of the, the places were coming... Like, the uh, place they were attacking, you know? Yeah. That's so But then crazy. again, I don't think, I don't think that... Al-Qaeda is that... I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here, by the way. This is a huge disclaimer. I, I don't think Al-Qaeda is as thoughtful with the things that they do. I felt like Germany was like everything about them. Right. Nazi Germany seems, was like... yeah, more cerebral. The, they were like plotting everything that they did. You Which know? is terrifying. And, the, and Al-Qaeda, 
I don't. I, I think they're just like suicide bombers. People believe this crazy thing, and then they they say, "Okay, I'm gonna go, fucking jihad and right. blow shit up." I don't think it's like, "All right, you do this, you do this." I I do think there's some of that, but I don't think right. everything that they do is planned. Like it seemed like Nazi Germany. It was. definitely did. Yeah. Um, and then what, this, what was the, what was the second thing that you were thinking? The second about? thing, which is kind of crazy, and it's not to seem too political here. Uh, but essentially, Alan Turing was homosexual, um, and during a time in, in Great Britain when being homosexual was a criminal offense. I think they said at the end of the movie, 49,000 49, people. Men, right? Were men like, were yeah. In, in the span of 50 in years. In prison so for a, whatever indecency. So about 1,000 people a year for, for 50 indecency. years. Yeah, which is just crazy. It really kind of... For sucking dick. <laughs> Man. It's crazy because you can make jokes about it, but it just seems so crazy. No, I, I, I mean, I'm making light of it now, but right, I mean, back right. in the day, you were literally in prison for sucking dick. Yep. And you think, you think, so the way, what I was thinking about essentially was, you look at Alan Turing's like accomplishments during the war, um, and I think it's fairly safe to say he saved, I think it even said the statistic of 14 million lives by cutting the sh- war short two years. By two years, yeah. That is insane for... The and he country, couldn't get pardoned. Right. You know, I, I would look and at it world. and be like, let's see. He saved 14 million people, and he, he likes, likes to get to his dick up the ass. Yeah. I would be like, yeah, it kind of evens, it, evens yeah. itself out. I You're mean, pardoned. Just <laughs> keep it on the down low. It's crazy. But what, I, what the final point is essentially the country and the world that he saved, essentially, is almost the one that killed him. Because he had to take these, like, hormonal, like, stopping or... What he said was like um, mental castration or yeah. something like that, um, which is so Basically, sad. Uh, uh, takes all of your sexual diminishes like, libido. Okay, which is crazy. It sucks because he eventually killed himself. Um, and again, Maybe. it's not like a direct correlation, but essentially, the country that he saved ends up kind of killing him. You know? Cause, yeah. There's a. I mean, there's a lot of deeper questions. Right. There know, is. There, there, that's why I found that movie so interesting because I didn't even know it existed. And then after watching it, I was genuinely like, kind of like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love those kind of movies. I love those kind of movies. And those just to kind of want to make, you know, out like of an unexpected, right. Surface level kind of, not morons, but people that just go to shut off their mind to go watch a movie. Right. They can enjoy it because they're like, oh, the acting was good. You know, Keira Knightley was hot. Benedict Cumberbatch has fucking blue yeah. eyes. And we're nothing about that, really, honestly. Like we're it's way more. I do like watching uh, people like Emma Watson prance around though. <laughs> Emma, if you're out there, unless it's Beauty and the Beast, it's worth it. Worth it? No, it wasn't worth it, but it made it enjoyable. So not enjoyable, made it tolerable. Watch the Imitation Game. Let us know what you think. Shit I on Netflix that doesn't surprise. suck. Shit go. on Netflix that doesn't suck. That's our segment. Next segment we have uh, is actually about movies. Still. Um, <laughs> We, we saw, I, I, I frequent Reddit. I'm not ashamed of that. It's not, it's kind of, it's kind of become a little bit cooler than it used to be, but it's still not that cool to be on Reddit. I've never um, been on it. Yeah, it's not that cool. I mean, it's cool, but it's not like the cool <laughs> thing to do. Um, and I saw a, a, uh, a trailer for Shot Collar and I thought it looked really cool. I sent it to my brother and I said, dude, check this out. This is going to be awesome. It comes out soon. We both loved it, loved the trailer, thought it was going to be awesome. Kind of this nerdy guy becomes this badass, kind of Nazi-influenced motherfucker. That's, I'm not saying that's cool, but... He Nazism did, is definitely not cool, just FYI. That, that's not what I'm saying. He kind of turns into this badass guy, though. Right. Um, 
we look into the director and we go, I wonder what, the, what else this guy did. Last night we're looking into it and uh, rewatched the trailer, and we see this movie called Felon that he does. <laughs> And uh, this gentleman back in 2008, I think it was, is yep, that what it was? Yep, yep. Made the same movie. Yeah. The only difference is the way he gets in prison. This is not, this is not a spoiler. I haven't seen either of the movies. We don't go just to pre-screenings. This is just basically, op- this is essentially what we got from the trailer. Right. In Felon, how, how did, what, what it, Shoots a home intruder and then goes to prison and becomes this what we just explained. In and in shot, shot collar, he, he, I think he had a drink or two, something like that. Gets in a car accident. And then someone, someone something. in the back know. of his car, passes that one, away. that one is less clear. Felon is clear. The home intruder, he shoots him, goes to prison. So holy shit. Like it's the same, same movie. movie, 10 years difference. Right. Just a budget difference, I think is really, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know how much hear the explanation, but yeah, I would love to talk to that guy. You know what? Maybe maybe he's just trying to repeat success on a grander scale and say, "Hey, look, people like this. People Apparently. ten years ago, maybe maybe it didn't get the traction that he was hoping. Maybe he said it's a great story, but it it does seem like a really good story. It is a good story. Anyways, go check out uh, Shot Caller. We're probably going to end up watching Felon. Um, I I don't really want to watch it before Shot Caller because I'm going to give <laughs> give away the I, movie. I, that's what that's what um, I was thinking. But next is a segment uh, that we haven't done before, and. Uh, Tanner is fairly decent, I would say, at um, the imitation game. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, that was um, a good transition. At, uh, what, what do you call Impressions, I guess? Sure, I don't know. All right, so so I'm going to give him someone to... have not heard any of these, by the way. Someone to so Im- <laughs> impersonate. It's going to be a surprise to me as well and, as you. Uh, something to talk about, Okay. So the first so one I, is... So gonna, I've got to do like an impression of a character within a, like a silly situation or something? We, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. We can say silly, sure. Um, Grammar changes after you have a niece, I guess, so... Yeah. Uh, let's go with... Um, let's go... All right. Let's go with Bane telling, oh, man. His, telling his girlfriend he has erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got to warm up for this one. Course. Darling, it appears I've got erectile dysfunction. No, you can't just fucking say the words. Okay, I'll redo this. Do, do the scenario. Alright, alright, here we go. What 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 is the uh what is what is it, Doctor? Uh Bane, it, it appears you have erectile dysfunction. Where's Bane? Where tell me where's Bane? Uh, this is gonna suck, I've got to tell my girlfriend. Hello, darling. You know the uh, sex we have every night. It appears it's no longer. So we can't have sex anymore, or what? I only uh, was looking course, for one character. Of course. All right, there we go. That's what I got. Okay. What I got. Uh, let's do one more. Let's do. Uh... No, I'm going all in, baby. I'm going faux times, dog. No, no, no. We, okay, I, okay. I gotta say something. This is okay. too good. All right, everybody, find us on iTunes Podcasts <laughs> on Stitcher. On YouTube at the Gray Area Podcast and on SoundCloud. Or watch your short film at fragilefish.com if you haven't already, or watch it again if you have. Oh, and you can tweet us at Gray Brothers, G R E I G H Brothers. Twitter at Gray Brothers. All right, everybody, have a good one. You guys have a good this one. This is episode six. Bye. Take care. <laughs>